Greetings, horror fans, and welcome to episode 225 of Frightmares. I'm your host, Austin Proctor, and joining me today, a very avid fan of this movie, my good buddy, Mikey Manshot. Hi, everybody. I like that. I like the energy you're bringing today. It's Saturday morning. I am a fucking zombie today. My voice is all gravelly and groggy because I just got up a few, like, like an hour ago. Um, what are we doing today, Mikey? What are we talking about? What is the theme for today? Uh, for today or the month? No, I... <laughs> I'm just throwing curveballs at everyone. No, with the movie we're talking about today. Today, today, oh. this month is Slashtober, um, and we are doing another slasher movie, which this movie isn't really your typical slasher, if I'm if I'm being honest. It's a little it's a little different than like your average knife stab stab movie. Yeah. Yeah. Because he doesn't use a knife. He does not use a knife. In fact, he what is it, an ice pick? Uh it's a fish hook. Fish hook. Oh. The, the, the synopsis I was reading was incorrect. Yeah, he uses this fucking giant fisherman's hook because he is a fisherman wearing a uh, black slicker. And, like, dude, I love the look of this killer in this movie. We're talking about I Know What You Did Last Summer. Mikey, what did you do last summer? Did you inadvertently run over a teenager? Um, <laughs> well, uh, oh, see, we're me. not doing spoilers and you just made an incorrect statement. Um, but luckily, thanks to Facebook, I do know what I did last summer. Oh, wait, no, that was October. Thanks um, to my memories on Facebook, I know. What, what did you do? I don't remember. Because I my memories from this year were for October, not my summer. So I probably, oh, you know what? I had the foster kids. So I was doing something very family-oriented with three foster kids. Actually, I lied. I was in California meeting Aid and Doug. Yahira. And Jake and Yahira for the first time. I had to make sure it was the first time I met all of them because I, I was like, did I meet some of them before? No. Okay. That was the first time I met them. Well, I have no idea what I did last summer because I don't remember what I did fucking yesterday. But the killer in this movie definitely knows what they did last summer, and that's what we're talking about. Um, I will stand to support the sequel. I still know what you did last summer, but I don't think there's a third movie in the franchise because uh, I just, it, you know... Not recalling that one right now. I'll always know. I don't know. I, th I think that one should die in a fiery grave somewhere. Yeah, we'll we'll forget. We'll forget. That That's one. a great movie to just completely forget. So we'll just not even mention that one. Um. So, like I said, this is Slashtober, the theme for October. I know Slashtober doesn't even fucking make sense, but we've been doing it for five years, so just fucking deal with it. Um. We'll get to. I know what you did last summer. In a minute, let me tell you some horror news, Mikey. Are you ready? Oh, yep. did you check out, real quick, did you check out the first episode of Suburban Screams with John Carpenter? Oh, no, I've been binging The Usher. Oh, my God, The Fall of the House And of I'm Usher. calling it Usher because that's a fucking long title, especially to type out The Fall of the House of Usher. Yeah, The Fall of the House of Usher. You've got two thes in there. I'm and two ofs. The fall of the house. Oh, you do. God damn. Yeah, I'm just calling it House of Usher or Usher. But yeah, uh, Mike Flanagan's new joint just dropped on Netflix, which is going to be his last uh, collaboration with Netflix. Dropped on um, October 12th. And it's so far, I'm, I think we're th one, two, three. I think we're three episodes in, and it is fucking amazing. It It's definitely different. I, and I love that for Mike Flanagan because it's not as yet at least not yet it's not like as horror centric as i thought it would be it's more like character development and rich elite people being crazy but kate siegel in that fucking show is absolutely demolishing everyone like seriously she is a boss ass bitch in that in that show and everyone's performance so far has been great but kate siegel i love how badass kate siegel is with the white hair too oh my god don't even get yeah. me started. Um, I've really enjoyed it. It's very gay, which, you know, I don't have anything against, but I was like, okay, um, giving off. Okay, so this confused me. Is Mask of the Red Death part of that original story, or is that a different story? So, I can thank my wife for this because I cannot take credit, but every single episode in the series is an, is an Edgar Allan Poe story. So every eight, all eight episodes with like the mask of red death, Edgar Allan Poe, 
Um, the pit and the the pit and the pendulum, Edgar Allan Poe. So he's literally taking eight Edgar Allan Poe stories and working them into the House of Usher. It, oh. it, it, yeah, it's 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 Flanagan. He is brilliant. So yes, every single episode is an Al- Edgar Allan Poe story something, and he is it. yeah. It's it's because I was looking over them. I'm like, Mask of Red Death. Okay, that's Poe. I was like, I was like, Pit and the Pendulum. That's Poe. And those are also other movies, too, like uh, starring Vincent Price. I know Vincent Price is in The Mask of Red Death. He's in The Pit and the Pendulum. Mm-hmm. Um, we watched House of Usher, which is a Robert, Roger Corman movie, before we saw The Fall of the House of Usher. And that one from the 60s is a little different in terms of narrative, but it does have you know Madeline in there. It has Frederick, I believe. So, yeah, Flanagan is doing... Almost like an anthology, like a secret anthology wrapped up into a series under the guise of the following. Yeah, he he's guy so brilliant. That man, I love it. And yeah. I, I would disagree because this is kind of similar to and I'm not gonna say any spoilers, so don't worry. Don't keep that <laughs> your finger over the mute button. Um I've only seen two episodes anyways, but um you know, people said that they were surprised that Midnight Mass wasn't as horror as I thought it was going to be. I thought it was plenty horror. Oh. And this is kind of giving me the same vibes where it is very character centric, but they have horrifying things in both episodes that I've seen. Um, it's just, it's an interesting take because I don't think you're supposed to like this family. Oh no. Um, but we all love the characters from what we've seen before. So it's kind of like a, a mm, but I do like them. Um, but the one that I actually like is uh, the stepmom. I don't know what role she's going to have in it, but I think she's so funny. Oh, yeah. She's like, she's the only innocent one. (laughs) She's like, "Eh." she's, she's, uh, she was part of, um, the Midnight Club. Yeah. Club. Yeah. Yeah. And in, in, in real life, she actually, uh, is, is handicapped. She only has one leg. So she wasn't just, yeah. She wasn't like faking it in the Midnight Club, which Gabby found out. Yeah. She, um, she does have a, uh, a prosthetic leg or fake leg. Uh, from from like a car accident, and and I think she brings that up at some point in the in the series. Yeah, yeah, and I was, yeah, and she says something about that, and I was, and then we, and then Gabby looked it up, and she was like, "Oh no, she's actually like handicapped." I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, yeah." And she's a, she's um, a great actress, honestly. She is she's fantastic. Is her accent real? I didn't watch the Midnight. Yes, uh, club, yeah. I, saw she, okay. I mean, she had the same accent in the Midnight Club, so I would assume that yeah, she's she's an Irish uh, or Scottish Woman. actress. Yes. Um, so yeah, the, the, I'm just going to say house of Usher is a fantastic (laughs) series. I, I kind of wish Netflix did what Disney's doing and even I think maybe Hulu where they drop episodes every week because, you know, we're having to like, you know, we have a baby, so it's hard to, we have so much stuff to watch in October. Hulu's dropping all this shit. Netflix is dropping house of Usher. Like everything's like crazy right now. So I kind of wish they did it episodically where they drop new show, you know, a new episode every week. So we're just yeah. trying, we're trying to catch up over the weekend to avoid spoilers. But so far, this is definitely a very different Flanagan, but you're right. It's got the same actors, you know, that's what he does. He uses the same crew for the most part. You know, he, he kind of peppers in some new people here and there, but you've got, you know, you've got Carla Cugino, you've got Kate Siegel. Um, I don't know the guy who played, uh, Dick Halloran and Dr. Sleep, but he's there. You've got the sheriff from Midnight Mass. You have an ensemble cast in this fucking show, and it is every episode almost so far from what I've seen. I've seen three episodes. It's it almost has a different feel every episode. You know what I mean? Like because they focus on a character for pretty much yeah. each yeah for each episode. It's just it's so good. I'm so. I love it. Yeah, I'm so excited to see what Flanagan does for Amazon because this, like I said, this is his last show with Am or um, with Netflix. So I'm really excited to see what him and Amazon are gonna do. But uh, yeah, the if you haven't seen House of Usher, you need to check it out. It's currently all all eight episodes are streaming on Netflix, and it is just oh, it's such a good time. Every time Mike Flanagan puts out something new, I'm just like, all right, let me cancel everything I'm doing and go and go see this. <laughs> like he's like he's literally like the modern day John Carpenter. And circling yeah. back to that, I did watch the first episode of Suburban Screams, and I think you're really going to like it because I know the last conversation we had about it, you were kind of worried about it leaning too hard into the like true crime, you know, what, you know, thing that you're not too, you know, you're, you're not too fond of that, which is fine. 
But this one really, at least for the first episode, it focused so much more on kind of retelling the story of what happened to the people. And it was more of like a because, you know, you, you, you see like the reenactments and like forensic files and you're like, wow, that is very dramatized. This is crazy. But the retellings of the stories in Suburban Screams, um, they it's almost like a movie. Like they're shot very well. The production value isn't cheesy or like uncanny. And they have great actors and actresses. So basically what they do is they sit some people down in front of a camera. They kind of give the narrative. And then you let the director do the rest of the work and tell the story as, as it was seen through their eyes. And um, the first episode I watched was... It was like it was like a ghost story, which which I was not expecting. I thought we were going to be talking about like, oh, this guy killed this person, and no one knows mm-hmm. about. Yeah, no, it, like the first episode, they they were using Ouija boards, and it was like this ghost story. It was very interesting. So I would love to get your take on it whenever you have time I'll to watch, watch it. What? I watch it. Oh, you you will watch it. I thought you said you did watch it. I was like, why are you lying to me, Mikey? Goodness, <laughs> <laughs> I watched it. I just, um, wanna, I just want to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> After that big monologue, I'll just say I watched it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, yeah, that's actually streaming on Peacock. Um, it came out on the 13th, which was yesterday. And like I said, everyone is just dropping so much content this month. It is very hard to keep up. I know Boogeyman's also on Hulu, which I need to check that out as well. Um, did you watch Totally Killer yet? No, not yet. Oh, my goodness. It's so good. It really has uh, given uh, the slasher you know, subgenre a breath of fresh air. Because it's a you know that that's a genre that's very, um, not not oversaturated, but there's a, there's a lot of slasher movies, and this one kind of gives it a little twist with the whole you know, time jumping and t- uh, time travel. So that's on yeah. Amazon Prime if anybody cares to check it out. Um, shit, we're twenty minutes in. Let me <laughs> let me get to some horror news. I guess I'm not gonna read all this because we won't have time. Because I want to talk to you about the. You know, kind of the inception of the teen scream slasher who done it. But I will give you some good stuff here. Let's see, what should I start with? Let's start with okay, so are you a fan of Pete Davidson? He's okay. All right, next topic. Um <laughs> <laughs> Well, what's he doing? I mean, like no, I don't I'm just kidding. People uh, really hate him. People I am not on that bus. I think he's funny. Um, I think he's cute, but like he's not someone that I would go watch something that doesn't look interesting just because he's in it. Yeah, a lot of people love to hate him, and I think that's because he's uh, an average-looking guy. You know, he's not like a stud, or he, but he's not ugly. But he's dated like some of Hollywood's like hottest people. But yeah. it's Pete Davidson. I mean, Jesus Christ! At some point, if we hung out, I'm sure my clothes would probably be off at one point, and I'd be like, "What the fuck's happening?" Um, <laughs> You know, it's what happens with funny guys. You know, that's the problem with funny guys. It's like you're laughing, you're laughing, and all of a sudden your clothes are off. And you're like, wait, well, how did that happen? Um, uh, comedy. Nature's roofie. <laughs> that's a... Oh, my God, Mikey. I think you just broke me. <laughs> <laughs> Nature's roofie. Christ. you're too funny um so p davidson is going to be investigating a sinister retirement home in lionsgate's new movie the home according to a new report over a deadline the good folks at lionsgate have picked up a new horror film by the name of the home starring former bodies 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 star p davidson the film directed by james demonico recently screened out of competition at the toronto international film festival deadline describes the film as Quote, best known for helming the blockbuster franchise The Purge, DeMonico here gives the haunted house treatment to a retirement home whose residents and caretakers harbor sinister secrets. Davidson stars as Max um, and former foster child who begins working at a retirement home and uncovers connections to his own past and upbringing as a foster child. So that sounds fun. Pete Davidson (laughs) (laughs) being a... a, uh... (laughs) A retirement home worker. I could just imagine the jokes he'd be laying on all the uh, all, all the all the old people there. It sounds interesting. It's a very brief synopsis, but it does sound like it's going to be some sort of a comedy horror. I mean, you can't have Pete Davison in a movie and it not be funny, you know? Yeah. Or I was da- going to say, I was like, are they going to let him joke? But I guess, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Davidson. I can never remember if it's Davison or Davidson. 
Um, but yeah, it's it's got Lionsgate involved, which everyone knows at this podcast that I love Lionsgate. They do some great work. And uh, Pete Davidson, you know, he seems to be getting into the horror genre just a little bit more, which is cool. Because did uh, did you ever see Bodies, Bodies, Bodies? I saw the first half. The f- what, what happened to the second half? Um, <laughs> I think I was tired, and so I went to sleep, and I never finished it. Oh. Was it boring? No. <laughs> I was just tired. I just, I don't have time, Austin. I don't have time. <laughs> For a lot of things. But that was like last year, so... Yeah, I know. I've been meaning to finish it. It's just, you know, I um, don't have time. Well, if you'd like to hear our review on Bodies, 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 you can go check that out. It is episode uh, 188. Um, So, yeah, that sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. There's no release date yet, of course, but it's sometime probably in 2024. So, next up, you should really see the trailer for a new movie called The Curse. It is a Showtime... Oh, sorry, it's not a movie. Excuse me, excuse me. Let me rewind there. It is a Showtime series, and it involves Emma Stone. It involves Nathan Fielder, if I'm saying that correctly. And it involves Ben Safdie, which I didn't even... or Sorry, Benny Safdie, which I thought the Safdie brothers just directed. I did not know that they acted, so there you go. Um... The Curse is a genre-bending drama series that explores how an alleged curse disturbs the relationship of a newly married couple as they try to convince, sorry, not convince a child, as they try to conceive a child while co-starring on their new HGTV show. So there you go. It's yeah, a sh- it's a partnership with A24. It's a show within a show, because they're on an HGTV show, and this is a show. It's very fucking meta. Apparently. showception showception and it's on showtime oh my god my head's gonna explode you're gonna have to do the podcast without me mike you talk about it. i know what you did last summer go um yes i know what you did last summer from 1967 a woman goes out into the woods oh wait that's the wrong one that's about, i spit on your grave but it's about 30 years too soon <clears throat> um my goodness so yes november 10th you can watch the show that can be described as genre bending. And uh, I, I don't have showtime and I don't plan to get it. So I guess I'll just see this between now and my inevitable death. Um, I don't know. But just do what I do and go to ruinitforme.com and just read everything that happens. Oh, perfect. Okay. I didn't even know that was a thing. All That's right. what I do. I like that. When I don't want to see a movie, but everybody's like, oh my God, can you believe you <laughs> oh haven't seen it? I'm not going to say anything. And so I was like, okay, I'll just go to this website and ruin it, it for me. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. Um, next up here. How, okay. So there was, speaking of A24, there was a bidding war between A24 and Miramax to secure the rights to Halloween because we need more fucking Halloween, apparently. God. Mm-hmm. And Miramax actually won those rights, and they're going to be co-producing with with Trancus International Films a new episodic entry into the Halloween franchise. So we're going to get a fucking Halloween TV show because one one more movie is not enough. We need fucking 27 shows or 27 episodes of a show that we have 13 fucking or. 13 movies on yeah i don't know i like i i wanted to have i wanted halloween to have some have some breathing room because we had nine years between rob zombies halloween 2 and halloween 2018 but it it seems like we're just going to be getting more halloween in like a year or two give it some fucking breathing room we literally had a movie called halloween ends i'm not going to go into spoilers but it ended (laughs) like that trilogy was done Give this fucking franchise some breathing room. I don't I don't want a fucking TV show. I don't. I literally do not. I want more movies, sure, in like 10 years, great. But an, an episodic TV show? What the fuck are you going to do differently? Like, what's going to happen, Mikey? Like, what, what would you like to see from the Halloween franchise? I would like to not see it for about 10 years. That's me. Okay, so I already have a fan film in mind. Okay. So what happens is... Everyone after they, well, spoiler, beep, after the Halloween ends, the whole community decides to disband and abandon Haddonfield. So the state takes over and rebrands it to Hallett's Field. And the town 
everyone moves away. Lori Strode, she goes to California. This new town is being resurrected. The houses have been demolished and every house has a little bit of the Myers house built into it. And it's called the ghost of Myers. And he comes and haunts all of the houses that have his old house within them and kills everybody on the neighborhood. Yes, please make Michael Myers a ghost at this point. Make him a spirit. Make him a being. I don't want to see a fucking guy in a mask. Just just make him a ghost. Let's make I just him- want to see him kill people like in Halloween Kills, and that's for eight episodes, and that's fine. I'll be fine. And they have to make sure that they buy the score from John Carpenter because that's also important. Yes, because Rob or, John Carpenter wanted nothing to do with the Rob Zombie movies, but he did come back for the you know new trilogy. So you have to have Carpenter involved in some capacity producing. I think he... John Carpenter was okay with Rob Zombies. Oh, no. I've, well, okay. This may be out of context, but I know I've seen something from him where he was being, you know, it was like a panel at like some Comic Con or something like that. And someone was like, what do you think about Rob Zombies Halloweens? And he was like, next question. So I'm pretty sure he hates them. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure he is like avidly against Rob Zombie Halloween because he wasn't involved with either one of those, to my knowledge. Because someone else. I think I think it was Tyler Bates that did the uh, music, and I don't mm-hmm. think I don't think he was a producer. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure he had nothing to do with those movies. So oh. yeah, you, you, I mean, in in Rob Zombie's case, you you didn't really need Carpenter because I love the first one, but I I think to keep the spirit at least score wise, you definitely need um, um Zombie. Good grief, you definitely need Carpenter because uh, his score absolutely stands out. So I don't know. Like, I just I was just hoping we would get a little bit of a, of a breather with Halloween, especially since the last one was called Halloween Ends. I figured, OK, we'll see this franchise, maybe five, maybe 10 years. But no, Miramax is taking over. And I, I watched the Halloween 2018 last night. And I guess I forgot that Miramax was already involved with that one. And I really like the 2018 Halloween. So, I mean, maybe there's some hope, but I don't know. I just I, I think you need to give it a couple years because, you know, at this point, They've won the rights. They're going to go immediately into development. They're going to go immediately into shooting. And then, like, we're going to, we're probably going to have that show, I'd say, by 2025. So, I mean, that's three years, you know, in, in between, you know, movie and. Oh, that's enough time. I guess. Goodness. <laughs> I guess. I got so one. probably just take down your whole argument with one sentence. It's enough time. Like, it's three years. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone will forget about Halloween. Halloween ends by that point. Um, I have two more things here, but we're running out of time, but that, and that, and that's fine. But the last thing I'm going to say here, I'm just going to, I'm going to skip the other one. Actually, you know what? I'll just briefly, I'll just give you the title of it. And it's apparently Rob Savage, uh, wants to make a Langoliers movie. If you don't know what Langoliers is, it's a Stephen King book. And the only thing I know from the original movie or TV series is that the CG, the CG was Fucking god awful. So Rob Savage, who is the guy behind Host, behind Dashcam, behind Boogeyman, sorry, the Boogeyman, he wants to make a Langoliers project, and it's apparently going to happen. But I do want to say that there's going to be another VHS uh, movie, which I'm not shocked. Like I'm not shocked that VHS is continuing because you can literally do VHS movies forever. I mean, it's you know it's three or four or five short stories wrapped around in a fucking you know, whatever, and a wraparound story. So apparently the next VHS franchise is going full sci-fi. And uh, there's a quote from Scott Schumann, who is the head of AMC's film group. And it says, quote, the VHS franchise has been terrifying and entertaining audiences for over a decade now, which makes me incredibly feel old. Um, Thanks to the work of some of the genre's most gifted filmmakers, um, following the massive success of VHS 85 and its previous installments on Shutter, it's clear that the filmmaking team won't be running out of unique ideas anytime soon. We're thrilled that the franchise is going going in a bold new direction that will surprise fans and newcomers alike and demonstrate the innovative ca- capabilities of sci-fi within the world of VHS. Apparently, um, you know, Jason Voorhees, Leprechaun, Pinhead, Dracula, and even the Amityville Horror franchise have ended up in space. So it's no, um, you know, so so it's no surprise that apparently VHS is gonna go to space too. I'm I am so fucking about a found footage movie like style, like a found footage style movie in space. Let's go. There's not enough of those. Apollo 18. That's pretty much the only one that I can think of. 
Yeah, and it's about a dumb bug. Are you talking shit about Apollo 18? Yeah. Are you talking shit about Apollo 18, <laughs> Mikey? This movie I'm holding... Oh, my God. Boo to Apollo 18 and everybody that spends money on a Blu-ray of it. Ah! I'm going to yell and scream more. Wake up my baby. Um, Mikey, you're so controversial. I'm sorry. It was about bugs in space. If it was an alien, I would have been more into it. Because when I first started dating Adam, he was like really about it. And we watched it. And I was like, oh, I can't wait to see some spooky stuff happen in space. Um, but It wasn't limited to just a bug. It was about the, you know, the Soviets in space. And how... That's even worse. Who cares? <sighs> Fine. I know we're not going to agree on everything, but I thought we'd agree on that. <sighs> Sorry. No. I love Apollo. I don't, I don't like space movies anyways. Whoa. You don't like space. You don't like like the alien movies? Oh, that's fine. But all the other ones are. Hmm. Jason X was good. I like that one. <laughs> okay, Alien movies and Jason X. That's it. Fuck every other. No, space not movie. Aliens. Just the first one. You didn't like Aliens, the second no. movie. But you know, Evil Dead would be fun in space. That's arguably the best one in the franchise. It's like Terminator Two. What do you mean? Aliens, Aliens 2 is not even a horror film. It's an action <gasps> film. It's a sci-fi. Completely oh, different. Oh my god. Moving on. Moving <sighs> on. I didn't come here to fight with you today, Mikey. Why are you trying to because you're in that mood, and it's making me have a mood, and we're <laughs> on know. each other's cycles, apparently. Apparently, yeah, we're syncing up. I don't know what's going on. Let's talk about real quick, real quick, real quick. So I mentioned this earlier. I feel that Scream really kind of kicked off the like teen Scream whodunit movies, right? Because after Scream, you had the movie we're talking about today. I know what you did last summer, 1997. Then you had Urban Legend in 1998, which is another like whodunit movie. Then you had I still know I still know what you did last summer. Then you had The Faculty, which really isn't a whodunit, but it's a teen Scream where people are where kids in high school are being you know fucking chased around by the faculty um not all of these are teen scream whodunits these are just like again teen scream movies you had idle hand you had lover's lane you had final destination uh cherry falls valentine ginger snaps dagan and may so that's what came after scream so would you would you kind of agree that maybe scream did kind of start something and in, in, in the wave of like teen scream horror movies um, yes, but I don't think I know which Summer is a whodunit movie. It's absolutely a whodunit movie. Well, it's like, uh, it's like a, who's, who's done the killing movie? Like who's, 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 um, who's the serial killer movie? Not so much as Scream is because Scream, you're like, okay, we, the killer has to be someone we know. And I know what you did True. last summer. You don't ever see the killer until he shows up at the end and you're like, who the fuck is that? Um, well, yeah, but in Scream, I, you don't you don't think you've seen the killer though. You're just like, who's the fucking guy in the ghost face mask? Yeah, because they're all trying to guess which one of their friends did it. <laughs> True. Okay. All right. And this I, one, they're not because there's only four of them, so it's a smaller group already. Yeah, and there's, um, there's only four of them. That's true. Yeah. And I think it's it's more like it's more like a uh, Diddy Diddy because they think it's the guy that they ran over. Yeah, but, they, yeah, they think yeah, they for, well, for some reason like okay. I'll wait until we get into spoilers. But that whole thing, I was when I was a kid, I loved this movie. Didn't understand the ending whatsoever. It took me until I was like a late teenager to rewatch it and be like, oh, that's what happened. Oh, okay. I can't wait to hear your take on that. Let me go through the IMDb roundup and then we'll go to the movie. I'm going to run through this as fast as I can. I know what you did last summer from 1997. Oh my God, I feel old. Released on October 17th of that year in the USA. Rated R for strong, strong horror violence and language. We've got mild sex and nudity. We've got moderate violence and gore, severe profanity, mild alcohol, drugs, and smoking, and moderate frightening and intense scenes. Coming in at an hour and 41 minutes, listed as a horror mystery, directed by Jim Gillespie, who has done a few things, but this was uh, this was the big one for him. Then we've got written by Kevin Williamson. That name might sound familiar, and that's because he wrote the first four Scream movies. He also wrote The Faculty. He wrote 128 episodes of Dawson's Creek, Cursed, and Sick from 2022. This is actually based on a novel by someone called Lois Duncan, which I didn't even know this was a fucking novel until I wrote this sheet up. 
uh, produced by four people. <laughs> yeah, I had no idea this was like a, a, a book. Um, produced by four people, one of which stood out to me. His name is Neil H. Moritz. He also produced Urban Legend. I still know what you did last summer and the other movie that I don't even want to fucking mention. He produced The Fast and Furious 1 through 10, Triple X 1 through 2, Escape Room 1 and 2, and Sonic the Hedgehog 1 and 2. Uh, composed by a man named John Debney, who has 227 credits. Also composed Little Giants, Liar Liar, Inspector Gadget, The Emperor's New Groove, C-Spot Run, Spy Kids, Bruce Almighty, Elf, Sin City, Iron Man 2, and so much more. I did not have time to fucking write all the things he did. Um, cinematography for a man. For a man? Cinematography by a man named Dennis Crossan. <laughs> I don't know who's doing it for him. Um, he also did this. This is great. He also did the cinematography for Agent Cody Banks one and two, and then pray mm. and then pray for the devil. Like, okay, oh dude. My. Oh yeah. Oh my. Edited by Steve Merkovich, who also edited Big Trouble in Little China, Prince of Darkness, Friday the Thirteenth Part Eight, Jason Takes Manhattan. Fire in the Sky, Con Air, Valentine, Darkness Falls, One Miss Call, House at the End of the Street, and Escape Room 1 and 2. We've got starring the lovely Jennifer Love Hewitt as Julie James, who is also in 107 episodes of The Ghost Whisperer as Melinda Gordon. We've got the wonderful Sarah Michelle Gellar as Helen Shivers, who is also in 145 episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer as Buffy herself. Then we've got Ryan Felipe as Barry Cox, who was also in Crash as Officer Hansen. And then we've got the super hot Freddie Prince Jr. as Ray Bronson, who was in Scooby-Doo as Fred, amongst many other things. And last but not least, we have Muse Watson as Benjamin Willis slash The Fisherman, who I know from Prison Break as Charles Westmoreland. He's done like plenty of other things, but that's where I know him from. Um, estimated budget of 17 million and grossed 125.6 million. So that is a that is a home run right there. It was um, filmed in Jenner, California, and Durham, North Carolina. Shout out to Jason because he lives there, or is that South Carolina? I think he lives in North Carolina. I can never remember where he lives. He lives in fucking Charlotte, one of the Carolinas. Um, he doesn't live in Charlotte. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Jason. You live in one of the Carolinas. You can watch this on Peacock and movies that came out around the same time. We've got some fucking not a lot of movies. Um, <laughs> Wes Craven's Wishmaster, Night of the Demons 3, Rocket Man, a cinematic masterpiece. Not that bullshit fucking 2019 Rocket Man. The 1997 Rocket Man with Harlan Williams. Uh, Devil's Advocate. <sighs> Devil's Advocate. Gummo, Starship Troopers, and Anastasia. So not a lot was happening in 1997. Specific horror moments. Do you have one? I mean, I've said this before and I will always say it, it has yes. the biggest horror moment chase scene in history, um, which is the Helen Shivers chase scene. Yes. That but also the last scene is pretty frightening when I was a kid too. Oh, I love the last scene where uh, the killer, he gets like yoked up to the fucking moon no and, silly the oh. last scene where she's in the shower oh sorry sorry i thought you meant like the last like last part of the chase scene where um the killer gets like yoked up to the moon with the ropes and gets his hand cut off and then gets yeeted into the ocean uh so we're just saying going right into spoilers okay. absolutely we are there's gonna be a fucking there's gonna be a comment in the description below all right, I know what you did last summer. Go fucking pass all the notes I'm not going to even use. All right, so my horror moment was when Julie was hallucinating that Max's dead body was in the back of her car covered in crabs. She wasn't hallucinating. I mean, she was. No, she wasn't. He took it out. And all the crabs? Yes. He's a fisherman. He knows how to wrangle crabs. <laughs> you know that it wasn't like... Five seconds later, she goes into the house and freaks out and tells everybody and they're like, calm down. And she's like, no, they're... she finally convinces them to come back to like, I'm guessing it was probably a good 15 minutes. He had to take all that out. Oh, well, fucking. All right. Well, they, they convince her that she's hallucinating. I'm going based on solely what everyone in the room was like, oh, you're hallucinating. <laughs> what everyone's thinking in the audience. Which yeah. Is crazy. 
She's crazy. Yeah, it's another hysterical woman in horror movies. God. Um, so yeah, that's my horror moment just because I always I I know exactly what's coming every time I watch that, but every time she opens it and she screams bloody murder, I'm like, ah! <laughs> every time it fucking freaks me out. Uh favorite kill. What do you got? Um, I'm gonna have to say the historic masterpiece horror chase scene known as the Helen Shivers Death. But if I had to do a, a follow-up, because I can't just say her the whole time, is probably um, the guy from the Big Bang Theory. That scared me when I was a kid. Yeah, fucking Harry Galecki or whatever his name is. Uh, he's he, I think he's really the besides the you know the kid that gets run over in the street. He's the first like actual like shh, kill. Um, yeah. My favorite kill is Barry. Not only because he is a cunt, but because he was literally killed in a public place in front of Helen. Who is you know her boyfriend in the in the in the movie, and girl, his girlfriend. His girlfriend. No, no, no. <laughs> Helen is her boyfriend. No, sorry. Yeah, Barry is be because yeah, Helen is watching him from the stage because she's you know the the returning uh, queen or whatever it is from from last year, and she's looking up at Barry, and then she just sees the fisherman just like fucking beat him to death with that hook. And she goes running up there like, oh, help him. Everyone's like, okay, okay, calm down, hysterical woman. There's a lot of people just kind of dismissing hysterical women in this and fucking pisses me off. Um, yeah, I remember getting really frustrated because people are like l stopping her. I'm like, yeah. let her go. Yeah, like, people, people, people are like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, hey, hysterical woman. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, my God. Just like, look up and see what's going on because he's getting massacred by a fisherman. So that was my favorite one because it was like the most – it was like the most public, but it was like, I'm going to kill him in front of you. Enjoy this. And you're like, damn, that's fucked up, dude. I mean, Holy Helen shit. was pretty public, too. She was like five feet away from a parade. That's true. <laughs> yeah, but I, but like no one, you know what I'm saying? Like no one actually witnessed that. I love that Helen had like a front row seat mm -hmm. to his death, but no one believed her. So, yeah, but yeah, Helen was very public because she was literally five to ten feet away from the marching band. Um, did you have a favorite character? Freddie Prince Jr. Ray. Oh, he's my least favorite character. What? Really? I thought yeah, you... he's a pussy. <laughs> um, I feel like I'm already on Freddie Prince Jr. shit list, so I'm just gonna keep adding on it. Fuck um, you! No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's so it's weird. When I was young, I really liked Jennifer Love Hewitt's character. Don't yeah, know why. That's my favorite. So thank you for telling. As me. I grew, as I grew older, I was like, man, she's kind of a bitch. Um. Why, and I wait, talked why, about why? this briefly on Slashers when we did our last episode. I even mentioned, I was like, you can hear the full review on Austin's Frightmares podcast later next week. <laughs> um, but there's a weird power dynamic that happens that isn't typical of final girls. Okay. Um, where, And I think this is one of the reasons why people don't like Julie James historically. And they would they always say that, oh, I wish Helen was the final girl. Oh, man. Are you, um, you going to change my my opinion on who my favorite character is? No. Okay. You might. I don't you, know. You can like someone just because of their bulbous tits. Um, but, I mean, that's why we're friends. But, um, <laughs> so Julie James starts off real sweet, innocent, virginal, even though she's not a virgin. We all saw them having sex on the beach, um, which is already different from other final girls. Um, oh, that's true. And so um, when they start the movie off, Helen is like the, look at my hair. I'm so pretty. Uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, how's my hair? And, you know, Julie's like the good friend who, even though she's beautiful, no one's going to deny that she's not as outgoing and she's not wearing like the revealing clothing. She's right. not, you know, she's just more conservative. Um, and then the accident happens and they force her basically into silence. And when that happens, Helen takes a turn and she is the nice sympathetic empathetic one and julie james just shuts down she's not nice she's not hmm. i mean of course she's not happy she's just depressed the whole time she's not really a she doesn't have a fighter spirit because really the only reason why she's alive is because ray saved her she didn't have like a oh you go girl moment like she just ran a little bit and then a man saved her but with helen you know, the part that kind of made me change, like, my tune on Julie is when they're sitting in the car and Helen's, like, bearing her soul. And they know something's happening. They're trying to figure it out together. And she's, like, they they make a joke or laugh or something. And she's, like, I miss this. Like, I miss us and the way that we used to be. 
Um, and Julie says something kind of mean, like, you know, I, I, miss, I miss a lot of things and like, doesn't even look at her. And I was like, what a bitch. Um, okay. And so, you know, I, it's, again, this is just a movie, but if we're looking at it in a realistic aspect, totally get why that would cause someone to shut down. Um, but it's not very good for a character development <laughs> because you're know, like, okay, well, I love Helen because she's trying to be emotional. She's trying to be vulnerable. She is, was a pushover all in the beginning. And Freddie Prince Jr. even talks about this on his podcast that each one of those characters has ultimately a fear. And that fear is what overcomes them at the end. And um, Helen was something about like being a pushover not standing up for herself. And right at the very end during her chasing, when she actually does start to get a little badass and sticks up for herself, it's not good enough. It's like mm. too late. Um, and I forgot what he said the other ones were, but um, he actually does a really good breakdown of the movie also and has some good behind the scenes. Like the director hated him. He didn't want him. Oh, he, wanted, uh, he wanted Jeremy Sisto, but Kevin Williamson kind of pushed Freddie Prince Jr. because he was he tried out for um, Scream to be Billy, which we all know that would not have worked out. Um, <laughs> he's just too uh, too innocent looking, uh, too much of a, I look like I could take him basically. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, and not I, that I, way, pervert. I read the uh, I read I read a, a thing on trivia that said Jeremy Sisto was like very considered, but I did not know the director hated him. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and so Freddie Prince Jr. actually almost died filming the scene where he has to jump on the boat. No, he jumps from the boat to the other boat on the what? thing. What? Yeah, he missed the net and he like fell in the water, and the boat and he like felt the propeller like nearly reached his head. What? And the stunts guy was supposed to be supervising, but they sent him home early before that scene. And like Freddie Prince Jr. like almost went and beat the shit out of the director. Could you imagine if he, if Freddie Prince Jr. died on the set of that movie, knowing like, and, and people knowing that the director hated him, like this is like, yeah. this is literally like, I know what you did last summer in real life. Holy shit. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So just some fun facts. Um, Where were we? Uh, my favorite. Oh, my fa oh, favorite kill. So, no, favorite character. You said your favorite character was Helen. And it's funny because my favorite character is Julie, not because of her fucking tits, Mikey, but <laughs> because she was the most, during the scene where they hit the kid, she was the only person to be like, hey, we have to call someone. Barry was a fucking cunt screaming at her. Freddie mm. Prince Jr. was like, they're never going to believe I was driving. It's not my car like people don't drive other people's cars and Sarah Michelle Geller was just like on, you know, she's a pushover. She's a pushover. And the entire time too, after they killed that kid, Helen just kept saying it was an accident. It was an accident. It was an accident. Okay. Someone still fucking died though. Like I understand it was an accident, but you can't be saying it was an accident after you pushed him into the fucking wall. That wasn't an accident. When you picked him up and threw him over a cliff, that was not an accident. Y'all did that. So that's why I like Julie because she's the only one with 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 what seems like a rational mind. Like I know it's gonna fuck people over, but like, hey, we can't just leave this guy here. Yeah. Um, but she does let her emotions kind of cloud her judgment later on, which I can agree. Well, they with. broke her. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah. but I also have to. I feel like I have to clarify something because I feel like you may have been confused, like what? I am. What you know, it's not the kid that they hit, right? Huh? They hit. They hit Ben Willis. So the what? way it ends is Ben in the beginning when the kids are sitting on the, the cliffs and yeah. he hits this, the coin thing. Yeah. After that happens, Ben Willis goes and kills him because of the drama that happened with Anne Heche's brother. Um, and then while Ben Willis is walking back, they hit Ben Willis because they even show his face for a split second. It's an old man. What? So they don't actually ever kill a kid. They hit Ben Willis, throw him in the water. He didn't die, and he come back to kill them. <laughs> oh my god! I'm glad I brought. You. Okay, okay. Hold, hold the phone. Hold, hold on. I told you this. Like literally ten years after watching this movie, I never understood what was happening. Mikey, what? <laughs> what is happening? What do you mean they didn't kill the kid? Ben Willis killed the kid. He's not an innocent person. So okay. when they hit him, so then we can just go directly into my fucking whole point. Oh my god! I had this. Okay, so there's a point when Jennifer Love Hewitt goes to um, 
Egan, Egan, what's his name? Something Egan. Ben, David Egan. David Egan. They go to his sister's house. And, and rest in peace. Yes. And they talk to her, and then she shows them the note that says whatever. And it's got, it's literally the same fucking handwriting as the killer. So my question to you was going to be, do you think that David Egan killed himself, or do you think that the killer is sending that letter as like a fuck you know like he he wrote that as like a this was your suicide note but you didn't actually yeah it was definitely planned because Anne Hayes says they say that my brother went up there to kill himself that yeah. night but I don't he wouldn't have done that fuck okay so maybe he didn't kill himself oh my god Muse Watson killed him and then got hit by a car on his way back oh my god this movie is fucking twenty six years old. Oh, I, I know, I know. I don't know how to think now. I don't even know how to continue. What's happening? Ah, <laughs> what do you mean? Are you sure? Are you a hundred percent sure on this? Yes. Oh my God. Look, let's, let's look it up. I didn't go into the spoiler part of the trivia, but I just didn't think I had to. Holy shit. So you, you're, you're saying that you see his face for like a second when they hit him. If like I were to pause it and kind of like tap forward, you'd see Muse Watson. You see it, yeah, Shut but um, the fuck up. It, it's oh. in the shadows, and it's kind of twice. You see it when it's all covered in blood, and then yeah. you see him again whenever he grabs Sarah Michelle Geller. And oh, it's man. he's not a young boy; it's a man. Well, not that it matters at this point, but I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. IMDb summary. Four young friends bound by a tragic accident are reunited when they find themselves being stalked by a hook-wielding maniac in their small seaside town. I think it's hilarious because this movie came out in, in this movie came out in October, but it's centered around Fourth of July. You figured they would have released this in July. Um, oh my god, I've watched this. I, Mikey, I have watched this movie probably since it came out, or like you know, I've. Oh. I've seen it very, very many times, and oh it wasn't until God. probably the last handful of times that I actually knew what was happening. Wow, because that—that's always what's. But oh my God, this makes this. This is gonna jump so far up in ratings at this point. Because I have always my biggest problem with this has been like, okay, how the fuck did the killer know that? They like they killed like they ran over that kid like what like there's no way of knowing that there was nobody there and they never explain like oh I was watching from you know the the ocean I'm a fisherman maybe I was in my boat they don't ever explain that that's been my biggest problem with this fucking movie is how the fuck did Muse Watson know that they ran him over when the only witness was Max and he wasn't even a witness he just happened to drive by that road. After they had hit the kid, you know, and they're pretending to throw up on the side of the road and be like, oh, we're just sick. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Wow. That jump, yeah, that, um, ooh, this, that jumps that movie so high up in the ratings. Holy shit. Well, this has always been on my top five. Of all time? Mm-hmm. Oh. Like, I'm not being dramatic when I say that this movie kind of shaped, like, who I am today um, because... Even if you would notice my comedy, my comedy is very like written by Kevin Williamson. Like yep. it's very, um, I don't know how to say it without making me sound like an asshole, oh my God. but it's just like those, that kind of dialogue and that kind of way of speaking is even how I do it. Um, I don't know what attracted me to this movie so much, but like wow. this movie has been very important in my upbringing. Yeah. No. And, and, and like I said, I, I know I got into horror movies late, but I, you know, I'd always seen this when it played on TV or whatever when I was a kid. I've been watch I've probably been watching this for I don't know, I'm 33. I'd probably say at least 15 years. I've been I've been, you know, every now and again watching it. And I I'd see it on, you know, streaming and I'd watch it. But like the fact of the matter is, it, did you look that up? Are we confirming this on air? That Yeah, that so it says here, let me show you. And and I remembered this part. So when Julie goes to visit Missy, who's the sister, in yes. Missy's report, David committed suicide because he felt guilty about the death of his girlfriend. Right. Furthermore, Missy shows Julie the suicide note David wrote. Julie realizes it wasn't a suicide note, but a death threat because she recognizes the writing. Yes. Um, ben Willis is Susie's father. Susie, Susie, Susie. Who's Susie? The kid's girlfriend that died. Oh, is that is that said in the movie? 
Yeah. They were running over Ben seconds after he killed David and realized it was Ben who was responsible for David's death. In addition, he did this in order to avenge the death of his daughter. She informs Ray about what has happened, but he doesn't believe her. Oh. That's why, like, when they're when the cops are there at the end, that's why they like. Because when I was young and I saw, I was like, why aren't they getting arrested? Because they're gonna find out that they killed someone. Um, they didn't kill anybody. It was Ben the whole time. This is this is okay. This doesn't have this does not happen very much on this show when we're talking about a movie and I am actively rating a movie a full star above what I <laughs> like. This I think this might be a first time. I know within I know sometimes we've been talking about movies and I'm like you know what I'll change my rating like maybe a half star. This is going up an entire full star because this information changes the entire movie. Like yeah. I don't even know how to f and now and now I have to have Gabby watch this again and tell her this information after she's watched it again to see if maybe her mind has been changed because yes I I'm that is a full wow holy shit I have been you know I could have gone to the internet so many years ago and been like oh what's going on with this I just never did um but because I just I was always confused I, I was always confused I'm like so a lot of this is not adding up. This movie was so much more brilliant than anyone ever gave this credit for. And I don't think, mm -hmm. I don't think, I mean, if I've gone this long without knowing, I'm sure there have to be a small group of other people out there that didn't know this as well. And you're bringing this to light live as it happens. And <laughs> I, I don't even know how to fucking deal with this information. Almost 30 years later. <laughs> <laughs> 26 years later by the way everybody they hit mute wilson or is, is that his name in, in the muse. hold on that's his name and that's his real name muse watson's his real name uh, yeah, ben willis ben is. willis yeah is the is the fisherman oh my god all right anything else you want to blow my mind with real quick because obviously i'd like to talk about some <laughs> some quick points here holy no, shit that's it all right. Well, when I heard you, when I kept hearing you say it hit the, it hit the kid, I was like, I don't think he knows what happened. I, 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 <laughs> I, I did not know. So speaking on the uh, on Ben Willis, um, played by Muse Watson, uh, I think this might be honestly, and this is this is one of the one of my favorite things about this movie is the fact that I love how the killer looks in this. He's got the slicker. He's got this hat on. He's got, you know, the thing pulled up so where you can only see really his eyes. He's got this giant, like, fish hook. He is one of my favorite, like, look-wise, one of my favorite slashers, I guess you could say, because no one else looks like this. You know, you have a traditional slasher. You got, you got a mask. You got, like, a jumpsuit. Whatever, you got a knife. This guy looks so fucking cool and so original, and they set it in the seaside town where the killer is a fisherman, and it's just... I don't know how you feel about the look of him, but I love the look of the killer in this movie. No, I love it, too, because um, there's other people that wear the same thing, so sometimes you think you see him and it's not him, Yeah. but also they have, like, that small detail. I don't know what it is, but there's something when his, like, collars popped out, and there's, like, a white fabric mm -hmm. with two buttons on it, and those buttons look like eyes sometimes, and it's really creepy. Yeah, because there's a scene when um, Helen's character is on the float going through town, mm -hmm. and she's like, oh, that's him over there, and then um, uh, Barry? No, not Barry. Um, What's his name? Freddie Prince Jr. Ray. Ray goes to, uh, or no, it is Barry. Right? No, it's Barry. Yeah. He's watching her while she's at the parade. Yeah, and he goes to like, ch I love how he just fucking full tackles a guy on a dock in broad daylight. Yeah. He's like, dude, maybe like tap him on the shoulder. But oh, yeah. yeah. Also, like, whoever made this movie, thank you for a shower scene. Um, Ryan Phillippe's girl. <laughs> girl. Um, but. Also, I like his weapon because when I when you think of slashers and you think of like knives, I'm like they just stab people. But no, this thing actually slashes people. So, see, and that's why I like this so much because I'm going to show you this. But it re it reminds me very much of this movie, mm -hmm. the mutilator. Yeah, the mutilator because he has a very similar weapon. And I don't I don't know if they were kind of channeling that that vibe or that energy. But yeah, the the thing that he uses really the only way to kill someone is by raising it up and slashing yeah. them. You know, a knife you can stab, you can cut, you can chop. The only way to kill someone with that thing is to literally go as like as fast as you can across their neck or whatever. So yeah, yeah the look. And I think the back part has like that small little like 
poke out. Yes. Like when he kills the sister and he does it backwards and it slices her, slices her throat open. Yeah. That always fucked me up when I was a kid too. Cause I was like, Oh, even though the blood looked kind of fake, I was like, that must hurt. That must hurt. Oh my God. And then, yeah, when he, and, that, and that's why I love Barry's kills so much is because he doesn't just slash him. He takes it and he's just like, bam, bam, bam like mm-hmm. just over and over. And I'm like, that's gotta be so awful and excruciating you didn't just get your throat slit or like whatever you you got bashed in the face with this thing so yeah. oh i'm still reeling from trying to uh, I'm, I'm still i'm i'm still trying to process the information <laughs> you gave me oh my god um oh my god is there <laughs> let me just throw this over to you because i i have to deflect at this point um so obviously you know you've been watching this for a long time you you know everything because you told me is there anything uh, anything else about this movie any specific parts or moments that you just truly just like enjoy uh yes every time i watch it no matter how many times it is i still hope that helen makes it at the end <laughs> um i don't know why my brain thinks that would change um maybe we'll get a director's funny. cut one day and he'll, she'll she'll, <laughs> she'll she'll live <laughs> Well, see, and it's funny. People always say online, I'm part of all these horror things. And every time they talk about it, they always are like, I think um, Helen should have been the final girl, not Julie. But I'm like, yeah, but if Helen was the final girl, we wouldn't have had that amazing chase scene. She has to die to yeah. have the impact. That was a great chase scene. Oh, you know what? I didn't even ask real quick because uh, speaking of that chase scene, my favorite line is from Helen when she's in the back of the cop car and she says, look, you little, sh-. she says, hold on. She says, Mayberry ass reject. Yeah. She says, look, you little shit stick Mayberry ass reject. There's been a murder and you're going to die in hell or you're going to fry in hell if you ignore it. And I was like, God damn, that was a great fucking diss. Um, was there a fa- was there a favorite line that you have? Oh, well, it was that one, but I also oh. always think it's funny when Barry, <laughs> when he sees Julie and Helen for the first time, he's like, what's wrong with y'all? I look like shit run over twice. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Ju- Julie really looks rough. She comes in and she's just like haggard. Yeah. Looking, just like, oh my God. So yeah. Oh, wow, man. Now I'm going to watch this movie. I'm probably going to watch this movie again tonight with a, with a, oh. With a new, like, found love for it. Oh, my God. I'm holding my I found breath. some. I, I also have a, another fun trivia. So when yes. they filmed in North Carolina, um, Jamie Lee Curtis was filming. I forgot what movie it was, but, like, literally right down the road, they were filming something else. And Jamie Lee Curtis and Jennifer Love Hewitt worked with each other before on... Um, Party of Five? House Arrest? Oh, House Arrest, they, yes, yes, House is Arrest. Is that what it's called? Yeah, House Arrest. I was going to say, say Parent Trap, it's the wrong movie. Um, <laughs> they, but they, they played the twins, yeah. No. Um, <laughs> and so Jamie Lee Curtis found out that she was doing a horror movie, and so she went to go visit her and was like, hey, let me give you some tips, because I did Halloween. Um, so there was a little bit of Laurie Strode being channeled on okay. the end of okay. Julie James. I like it. I'm going to go right into trivia here and then i'll double back to the taglines because what you just said about her being a horror movie jennifer love hewitt strongly disliked horror films prior to making i know what you did last summer and currently her only other horror role is the film sequel so that's fine um any final thoughts or closing arguments you'd like to state for the record yes requel this bring back julie james I don't know if it's their kids or what. Um, Freddie Prince Jr. can stay out of it. It's fine. Brandy needs to come back. Um, we need everything that disappointed us about Scream and Sydney's part in Scream. We need to justify Julie as the final girl with this requel. Okay. And um, go all out with the violence. You know, I know what you did last summer is kind of known as more of like a tasteful horror film because it's not over the top and disgusting and gross, but fuck it just go for it yeah there, there is definitely some good bloody parts but yeah it's not like over the top gore it's not yeah it's it's more character driven it's it's more like a character driven drama mystery uh with kind of horror as the back burner you know ben willis character looming yeah. in the background okay. i think the violence is almost on par with like the original halloween yeah except for um Galecki's scene where he gets hooked in the face like a fish um but even that isn't too graphic because you you know what happens but it like cut cuts away right before it happens and that's enough to like get you to freak out because you know what it's like to hook a fish and it yeah. and to be dragged by it so the only Jeez. real blood i remember is 
when the sister dies and the blood splats on the window. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just go, just go for it. If we're going to do a requel, we need, we need like a legacy sequel at this point. Mm -hmm. Oh my. All right. Going to post review stuff here. Some taglines I've got. There was like 20 fucking seven taglines, but I picked five. You can tell me which one's your favorite. Okay. He's got a hook on them. Dot, dot, dot. What started as a new beginning is becoming a dead end. The mistake they made is coming back to haunt them. Not all secrets stay buried. And if you're going to bury the truth, make sure it stays buried. Bum, bum, bum. I like the uh, where oh, what started as a new beginning is becoming a dead end. I like that one. That one's okay. I like the last one just because it's actually said in the movie by the killer. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah, he does say that. Okay. I like that one. Uh, so trivia here. Kevin Williamson wrote this script before Scream. So this was actually Scream's predecessor in a way, but he was unable to sell it. Following the big success of Scream, um, Columbia Pictures immediately bought I Know What You Did Last Summer. This is the reason many critics and fans have felt this was a huge step down from his more clever and innovative Scream scripts. So this was written before Scream. I don't know how this is a fucking step down. I'm sorry. The first Scream is like good, but like I like this movie better than more than I do Scream. So whatever. Yeah, me too. It's uh, more subtle. It, yeah, exactly. That's, that's yeah. Uh, despite being part of the main cast and appearing in many key scenes together, the characters Helen, played by Sarah Michelle Gellar, and Ray, Freddie Prince Jr., only speak to each other twice. Despite the fact that the two barely interact on screen, Gellar and Prince became good friends after meeting on this film, and they later fell in love. Loved. They later fell <laughs> in love and married. So they are currently a married couple, which is fucking Duh. cute. Uh, the ice inside of the storage boat, sorry, the ice inside the storage of the boat was actually made of gelatin, so Jennifer Love Hewitt could comfortably move around. Makes sense. Um, and then this film is included on Roger Ebert's most hated list. And you know what? I fucking hate Roger, Roger Ebert. Like, he, do you like movies? I don't understand. He also has a rating system of one to four stars. What the fuck madness is that? Get out of here, Roger Ebert fucking whatever he I, I he's that, never been kind of horror the few horror movies that he has give been praised for it's a big deal and they run with it oh so. what, like the exorcist <sighs> um I, I, there's a couple that's the problem with with like move like well-known movie critics and like the academy and all the no one gives credit to horror where the fuck was tony collette's any sort of award for her performance in hereditary nowhere fucking whatever it's fine mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not mad at all um, rated 5.8 out of 10 on IMDb, 2.9 out of 5 on Letterboxd, 45% on the tomato meter, and a 41% audience score. I have now currently updated my my ranking from a 3.5 <laughs> to a 4.5 because that turn of events really fucking makes the movie completely different, and now I have to rewatch it with that mindset. So I gave it a 4.5. What did you give it? That's exactly what I gave it also. That then then there you go. This is a Frightmare certified slap. Uh. Fucking deal with uh deal with it. <laughs> um, similar movies according to Letterbox, Urban Legend, Scream, Scream 4, I guess Fuck 2 and 3, Val <laughs> <laughs> Valentine, and Halloween 1978. Similar movies according to IMDb, we have I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. I'll always know what you did last summer. Urban Legends, yeah. Scream 2, There's a Love for Scream 2, and uh, Final Destination. I'm not going to read funny reviews on Letterboxd because I don't fucking have the time for that shit, and I don't want to hear it at this point. I don't even want, I had like five, but you know what? I don't want to fucking hear it. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. I, I, I've, I've given this movie a whole new, I've, I, have, I have such a new love for this movie now, and I, I literally watched it yesterday, and now I want to rewatch it immediately, which I'm probably going to do tonight because of the new information I have. Uh, Mikey, where can people hear the sultry sound of your voice on your podcast? You can hear the sultry sound of my voice at Slashers Podcast, wherever fine podcasts are available. Or you can follow me on Instagram at Horror and a Half Show. Horror Power. Horror Power, yeah. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Slasher app of Frightmares Podcast. Our email is spooky at outlook.com. You can also follow me personally on Letterboxd at Dr. Proctor. You are Mikey and the T-Rex. Mm -hmm. Booyah. 
Next week, me and my buddy, not Mikey, Mike Hole, will be back doing a slasher movie from 1974. Yes, it is something you probably never heard of. Yes, you should listen to it. So until then, stay tuned and stay spooky. Spooky.